Well, the church continues to put before us a, a lovely array of scripture texts, and uh, we go. We continue to go through the book of Tobit. It's a very, it's a very charming book. It's got the the story of Tobit's trial and his eventual deliverance, uh, his testing and, and his and his eventual deliverance from his malady, and the story of his son Tobiah or Tobias in other translations and Sarah. And um, so I, but we also have uh, yesterday's gospel reading was very interesting. I wasn't here with you yesterday. It was it was Deacon Kylie, but yesterday's gospel reading it was neat because we learned yesterday that Sarah has had seven husbands and they all were killed <laughs> by this demon Asmodeus uh, on the marriage night. Okay, so there's this uh, there's this demon that's that's jealous of of Sarah and. Uh, is killing all her husbands. Okay, so she's a she's an ill-fated woman. All right, so she's a dangerous woman. All right, don't marry this woman. Okay, she, you're going to die if you do. Um, so she's uh, most unfortunate. So here, here you think of a woman. I mean, think of uh, you know, there's very few situations that would be more unfortunate than than hers. And uh, and so we've got this love story between her and uh, uh, Tobias or Tobiah, and everything turns out happy in the end. Uh, but we learned a lot of lessons on the way uh, through this story. But it was neat because yesterday in the gospel, Jesus talks, he gets cornered by the, by the Sadducees who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And they say, you know, well, there's a woman who had seven husbands and all seven of them died. You know, so it's, a, it's kind of a, a very subtle reference, really, to the book of Tobit and the story of Tobit. And, uh, and Jesus yesterday asks them to really kind of transcend marital love, actually. And he says in the resurrection, they neither uh, marry nor are given in marriage. Okay, And so we learn that marital love is for this world and not for the world to come. Um, so that's an, that's an important uh, lesson. Uh, and then today we learn more about love. God, uh, Jesus Christ, in our gospel text today, talks about love of God and love of neighbor, uh, the most important commandment. So there's a lot about love here. And uh, I'm going to, though, go back to our first reading today. Okay, we've got this charming scene here. Um, they are, they're both, it's their wedding night, and they're, they're just about to consummate their, their marriage. But what do they do beforehand, though? They pray. They pray. It's really important here. We see, and I'm going to return to that point, we see here in uh, the prayer that uh, Tobiah and Sarah pray at the end of our passage, um, uh, a lot, the different truths that are integral to marriage and to married love. Um, St. Augustine famously put forth what he called the three bona of marriage or the three goods of marriage. And so this has become classic within our tradition. So the three goods of marriage are, first of all, offspring. Okay, so Mother Nature and God our Creator has instituted uh, and, and has, has set up and put into alignment various created realities that all work together to, to produce an objective order. Um, and so it's just intrinsic to marriage that it would be inherently fruitful and productive of offspring. Uh, and we see this when... Uh, Tobiah says, you made Adam and you gave his wife Eve. And from these, the two human race descended. Okay, So the first good of marriage is offspring. Now, of course, sometimes uh, nature breaks down 
in old age and we're not fertile anymore, or nature has got some kind of, uh, you know, deficit or deficiency from the get-go and the, and the spouses are not um, uh, fertile and you got, that's a very great trial for many spouses. They can't have children, so it's a very, very great trial. But in any event, we know that nature, though, in and of itself is intended to be fruitful. Okay, so we have to follow and live according to nature. So that's the first good of marriage, is that it's intrinsically fruitful. Okay, it's ordered towards children. Uh, and it's a real uh, hardship today and, and a heartbreak for me personally. And I think of any concerned citizen, concerned Christian, concerned citizen in general, that many people marry today without the intention of having uh, children. I mean, they literally enter into a marriage without any intention, even with a positive intention, to exclude children. And uh, usually they do that because they had a very negative uh, experiences as children. Maybe their parents split up, you know, and they associate having children uh, with, with kind of negativity because when they were children, they had a negative experience. So that's becoming more and more common today, that people enter into marriage with a positive exclusion of children. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is not true marriage. This is really not according to the nature of marriage. But it's becoming more and more prevalent. Um, okay, that's the, the second good of marriage is fidelity, okay, or exclusivity. Uh, I think this one people get. Obviously, if you enter into a marriage, you know, uh, we're not a polygamist society, so most people get that. We understand monogamy. You enter into a marriage and you're pledging yourself to be faithful to this person alone and no other. Are you going to have any kind of romantic relationship with or sexual relationship with? Okay, so all your affections and your body belong to this person and not to any other. So that's exclusivity. That's the second trait of, of marriage. Okay, And, uh, you know, if you open it, if you enter it, very rare, I mean, very rare, but some people enter into open marriages where they're like, well, we understand that, you know, we're basically partners, but, you know, every once in a while, if we go after someone else, it's okay. And there's kind of this uh, open marriage concept, very rarely entered into, but every once in a while, you can find that. That, too, is contrary to the nature of marriage. And then, finally, we have what St. Augustine calls the sacrament, uh, which really, in his, what he meant by that, uh, the sacrament of marriage, what he meant by that is the, the permanence of marriage, that it, the marriage bonds for two baptized Christians, uh, it basically forms an image of Christ's uh, unbreakable bond of love with the church. And so the marriage bond itself is indissoluble. Okay, uh, So that would be the third good of marriage. And we see all of that really here uh, in this text, this prayer. Um, and he ends it by saying, he says, You know that I've taken this wife of mine not because of lust, but for a noble purpose. So what's the difference between love and lust? We basically, we have, as human beings, we have a kind of a, what I would call sexual energy. Okay? And uh, nature has intended it and ordered it towards marriage. And that is this lifelong, exclusive relationship with one person that's intrinsically fruitful. Okay? So lust is any time that sexual energy starts to deviate from that, from that pattern, from that form, okay? So sex outside of marriage or sex with someone else who's, who's not your marriage partner uh, or even sex within marriage that is not intrinsically fruitful, okay? There's a kind of a violation of the structure. It's, you know, oral sex, anal sex, any of that, that kind of stuff. It's not intrinsically fruitful. It's not 
uh, by its structure and its nature productive of children. So that is that would be another instance of lust. Okay. Um, and we see here, uh, you know, what I like I liken I liken this to I often when I explain it to kids, I think the young kids get this. Is I say, you know, our our sexuality is like fire. All right. Now, if you think of a furnace, fire within the boundaries of that furnace is really, really productive. It's it's awesome. It's life giving. Heats the house. It saves us from dying. It's such a good. Ble- it's a blessing. But what happens when that fire gets outside the boundaries of the furnace? Uh oh. What happens then? We're talking like the house can burn down. All right. So you what you need to do is you have to understand that. Uh, this incredible powerhouse of energy and goodness and blessing, something that God has created for the good of the human race and society, needs to be kept within these bounds. So that's the difference between lust and love. Love keeps that sexual energy within proper bounds, ordained by the Creator, and lust goes outside of those bounds, and it becomes uh, destructive. So, uh, but what's the key here in all of this, I think, is simply prayer. Prayer. So it's beautiful that uh, Tobiah and Sarah begin their marriage relationship and their love relationship with a foundation of prayer. And, and that really, my brothers and sisters, is the key uh, between making sure that our sexual energy is fruitful and productive and is a blessing uh, versus something becoming destructive is prayer. We ask God for help and with self-control so that our sexual energy can always be ordered uh, rightly uh, for the good of ourselves and for the good of others so that true love, as Jesus is speaking about in the gospel, uh, might prevail and, and not lust.